in this episode. Let me guess. Well, obviously, Straight Outta Compton is on there. I don't know. I don't. I don't have the whole five hundred list. I, I oh. thought I could memorize it scrolling through it quickly, but I yeah, I'm you, struggling. You, I know you've been reading uh, or learning yeah. how to uh, speed read. And so yeah, yeah, yeah. Work harder at that. I guess that's actually but... true. <laughs> Work harder. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome, you're listening to Paleo Cheese Podcast, episode 19, part 2, Best Albums and All-Weather Friends. And I want to ask you, man, before we go, I want to ask you, um, did you see the, the Rolling Stones updated top 500 music list? I, I saw that they had made one and decided it'd probably be best if I did not go there and read it. Yeah. Uh, Joni Mitchell is her album. The blue album is number three of all time. And uh, she's higher on the list than the Beatles. Uh, thought, that makes no sense. Yeah. <laughs> that doesn't make any sense. I guess apparently, dude, the Beatles had four uh, four albums in the top 15 albums of all time in their previous list. And I thought that was like, um, you know, there's a lot of bands, man. There's a, you know, I don't know about four. I'm not dissing Joni Mitchell, but uh, that's not a name that, and I know there's a lot of people out there that that's maybe their favorite, you know, songwriter. And I have no doubt that it, it probably belongs in the 500, but you said number three of all time. Number three. Yeah. Number three. I mean, we all have their personal choices. You know, my in my number three would be like Sabbath Paranoid and, and something from Bramp York and uh, definitely The Cure's Disintegration. Um, but that's for me, and I can understand how someone else might not think that. But I can think of so many more bands who are much more influential. Um, that's yeah, that's really weird. And yeah, that's kind of one of the reasons why I didn't go. Plus, I, I didn't read it because I didn't want to see something that I knew was maybe a team of writers where you've got eight different writers writing some uh, girl's album for her and then they slap her on the cover and then she's singing, you know, whatever. And it's just a bunch of talentless stuff. I didn't want to run into anything like that because I got a lot to say about some of today's modern music and i'm not talking about uh people like who who clearly have lots of talent and who are legitimately good songwriters like billy eilish but some of this other stuff is something that'll rock your socks off dude that it's gonna i well i know you're you've been in the past a fan of the band and you have a whole bunch of their albums your favorite one is not my favorite one but when i read this dude my heart sunk and i thought are you kidding me Melancholy and the Infinite Sadness is no longer on the list. At all? No. Is Gish or is sort of Siamese Dream? I don't. Well, that's what I said is I, I don't know. I didn't go through all 500, but they were they were saying ones that got knocked off, uh, including a couple from No Doubt, which I'm like, yeah, I kind of whatever. Massive Attack, Mezzanine by Massive Attack is off. Um, and Music by Madonna, which I said, yeah, if you know, okay. But when I saw Melancholy and the Infinite Sadness, which was in the past at 487. Did you get infinitely sad? Dude, infinitely sad. Infinitely no. sad, dude. And the number one, dude, is Marvin Gaye. Let's get it on. What's going on? 
Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. I love that. I've got the the uh, double like collector's edition CD of that. Mm-hmm. It's great. But number one. I yeah, just... dude. And Beatles, Sergeant Pepper, dude, is now at 24. Wow. See? I'm like, somebody's smoking crack over at Rolling Stone. Yeah. Like, I don't, that's not even legit. <laughs> what? <laughs> this is a monumental thing in the history of music. And it's like, ah, no, ah, 24. We're just going to drop that bucket. Yeah, I, I actually, I think my favorite is probably uh, Magical Mystery Tour. Stevie Wonder's Songs in the Key of Life is number four. And then they've got um, Michael Jackson's Thriller is at 12. Do you think that there's some kind of agenda here? <laughs> is that what you're getting at? Really? Because... No, no, but no, but th- this is it is the first time. I'm just saying these are this is from uh the loop.ca, okay? And they're mm-hmm. excited about the changes in this because you have for the first time you have black women that are in the top 50. Uh-huh. Okay, so that was a big deal because in the past, uh well, it says only three black women in the top 50 isn't incredibly overwhelming. But the remainder of the top 500 is heavily, um, there's a whole bunch of them, okay? Mm-hmm. And so they were saying that there's a lot more than in the past. You have all different people. You have women, right? Women rise in the ranks. And so in the past, they were lower down and now they're higher up, including, of course, Blue. Uh, in the past, it was ranked at 30. So it went from 30. So basically, they that was 30. And now they have Sgt. Pepper's at 24, and so there is, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say an agenda, but I would say they opened up their idea because it was just dominated in the past by white men and mainly by rock and roll. That was the mm-hmm. main thing. Okay, and yeah. that when they broadened that and said, okay, we're going to bring in a lot of different people that normally right. we wouldn't think about. But I still think that they did a poor job with rap. I, you know, I was kind of surprised at just how few made it in there. Very, very mm-hmm. high too. Let me guess. Well, obviously, Straight Outta Compton is on there. Yeah, Public Enemy was Fear number forty-eight. I don't know. I don't. I don't have the whole five hundred list. I, I oh. thought I could memorize it scrolling through it quickly, but I yeah, well, <laughs> I'm you, struggling. You, I know you've been reading uh, or learning yeah. how to uh, speed read. And so yeah, yeah, yeah. Work harder at that. I guess that's actually but, true. <laughs> work harder. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I would assume. I would assume, yeah. as far as rap goes, I mean, some probably some pretty predictable stuff, like maybe. Beastie Boys license to ill and and definitely uh Fear of a Black Planet or or some other public enemy one and and NWA's album, maybe Ice Cube's first one, America's Most Wanted. But I mean I can understand the like incorporating other genres and things like that. But I can also with a magazine like Rolling Stone, I can also see them trying to squeeze in diversity no matter what. Which shouldn't be needed because I mean you don't need me to tell you that there are some absolutely wonderful musicians that are female, um, any color, you know, particularly black. Yeah. So it, it, w- it wouldn't be hard at all to, I don't think Michael Jackson will ever probably even leave the top 20, I would assume. Thriller. Right. Yeah. Or maybe Prince's, uh, I've never been a Michael Jackson fan. I am a Prince fan. But I like that album though. I, I may not be thriller? a fan of, yeah, Thriller. That that whole mm-hmm. album, I have it on record. I have it on vinyl. Yeah, I, I, I like Prince. And I, I think it's because it's one of those things where uh, I respect anybody who is just a musician. And not to say that Michael Jackson wasn't a great songwriter. I just There's something about somebody who can play every instrument. 
uh, like that. It kind of really, I mean, it's 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 like kind of like they're doing it the hard way. I used to not like Prince, but I, after seeing that Chappelle episode where he retells the story of Prince dressed in his flowery kind of clothes playing basketball and totally hooping left and right with those high platform shoes on. I had mad respect for him. I thought <laughs> this guy can do that. <laughs> He's obviously really good. What one last thing I'll say about Rolling Stone too. Well, first of all, Led Zeppelin's first album, they completely trashed it when it came out. Yeah. It, it hated it. It's probably in that list on five top 500. Um, they also trashed Sabbath when Sabbath came out and said that they were very not unique and uh, just not very good. They said the same thing about Led Zeppelin. And we know what happened with those two bands. Sabbath arguably started a whole genre, and Led Zeppelin is one of the most influential bands of, of all time. So Rolling Stone has never really known what they were talking about. I've seen them, I've seen them praise albums that clearly were not good records, and, uh, and I've seen them trash records that were phenomenal and not just based on my taste. Let me see if I can just do this. Well, we won't do all of them. Obviously, that'd be ridiculous. Mm-hmm. But how about how about twenty five? Is that okay? Sure. Yeah. All right. So here here's the top twenty five. You can find this over at rollingstone.com slash a lot of other things. I won't. <laughs> I don't have the exact link you have finding yourself. Um, but twenty five, uh, Carol King Tapestry. Twenty four, Lonely Hearts Club Band. Twenty three, Velvet Underground. And that's the Velvet Underground. Is it Nico? Nico. The Notorious B.I.G. Ready to Die. I'm I, I'm kind of glad about that. I liked him. 21, Bruce Spring, uh, Springsteen, Born to Run. 20, Radiohead, Kid A. Some of yeah. these, like the Velvet Underground and the Radiohead. And, and then maybe this is just my personal taste. I feel like those are kind of pretentious entries. I don't know, man. Radiohead, I would disagree with you. Yeah. Like uh, what? What is that? What is that other band? Coldplay. Oh, don't even Coldplay and Radiohead, dude. Oh man, yeah, we got we got daggers out now, probably. <laughs> you know, I don't. I think that Radiohead. There, there's, there's uh, a significant amount of scholarly literature written about the influence of Radiohead and the the way that they the way that they make music. Um, and he's kind of like an edit. You don't think it's pretentious at all? No, the not music? at, not at, tw- no, not, not kid a, no, no, not. I, I wouldn't say that that particular one is pretentious, but that's me. Okay. And that was at 20. Okay. So 19 Kendrick Lamar to pimp a butterfly. Bob Dylan's highway 61 revisited is 18. Kanye okay, West. Stop, stop, yeah. stop one second. Bob Dylan. Um, yeah. I've never been a fan. I know that a lot of people are, but do you think that there are some entries like Bob Dylan where we have to have Bob Dylan on here because people like Bob Dylan? Like, yeah, yeah. I like, I don't get it. The same with the Grateful Dead. I don't get it. And I never have. And I've tried really hard. I've talked before about every five, six years, I'll, I'll take a band and I'll try again. And, um, I just don't get it. So, and that's not to say that Bob Dylan wasn't a great songwriter. Um, that's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying that when you stack it up to some of this other stuff, it seems like 
it's one of those things where we, well, it's Bob Dylan. We have to have Bob Dylan in there. I agree with that. I agree with that. Like I, I've liked Bob Dylan, but I like his, his older stuff, you know? Like if you're a beat nig and you're, and you're taking up smoking cold cigarettes and wearing uh, <laughs> padded sports coats and turtlenecks. Yeah. I mean, there are certain things you're <laughs> obligated to like, right? You got to like the Velvet Underground and, you know, just that kind of thing. So it's like, is that what that is? Yeah, they have their, their token beatnik dude in the group. There's, you know, there's at least one, you know, with the black turtleneck. I'm referring fingers. to the listener, you know? Yeah, if, if he wasn't on there, I think because of his name and because, you know, yeah, I think, I think that's the reason why. So 17, Kanye West. We're going to get hate email. <laughs> that's what i said dude daggers are out man i knew this would be good i this would be good send all your send all your hate mail to paleo cheese at gmail.com uh 16 the clash london calling another band i've never liked 15 public enemy it takes a nation of millions to hold us back okay. uh 14 the rolling stones exile on main street hmm. mm-hmm. 13 aretha franklin i never loved a man the way i love you i'm glad i I like Aretha Franklin a lot, actually. Mm-hmm. Michael Jackson, Thriller. 11 is the Beatles' Revolver. Do you think Revolver should have been higher than Sgt. Pepper's? I don't like Revolver as much as yeah, yeah. Sgt. Pepper's. Uh, Lauren Hill, The Miseducation of Lauren Hill, number 10. Dude, Bob Dylan again. Are you see? Okay, yeah, this is... Okay, yeah. it's not just that they have to have fans. There's somebody. There, there is a, a turtleneck person in the group yeah. i don't know who someone it is smoking, man someone's smoking too many clothes yeah it, dude not even clothes dude it's those beaties remember those things dude no smoking beaties oh no little snap crackles okay uh number eight prince and the revolution purple rain there's, mm-hmm. there's prince yeah and i what an iconic cover too man on that motorcycle oh, what a great picture number seven i'm happy to see this fleetwood mac rumors mm-hmm that's one of my favorite of all time. I'm especially happy to see this. Number six, Nirvana, Nevermind. Yeah. It's one of those albums. And obviously, I, I've I've said that I you know grew up in that era. I loved Kurt Cobain and Nirvana. Mm-hmm. But I, to this day, I've always felt like that album, you could flip anywhere on the album and enjoy it. When the album came out, uh, Never, Nevermind, I was 21. So I feel like I was at the very, I was at the perfect age to have plenty of years of experience of seeing what's played on MTV and circulation on the radio and even in bars and what bar bands are playing and um, being in a, a cover band myself for a while and seeing people who I think maybe had to be of a certain age and have a certain kind of history on your belt as far as music goes in really paying attention to know the full impact that Nirvana had when that album came out because it really did change single-handedly everything. Yes. There were tons of other Seattle bands and other bands that were, that were playing that kind of stuff, but that was the album that switched everything. And then all of a sudden, you know, the bar cover bands, instead of playing Judas Priest and Thin Lizzy and ACDC and, and, uh, stuff like that, all of a sudden they're playing Jane's Addiction and who had been around longer than Nirvana. They, they still opened that way for all of this other stuff uh, to be mainstream, you know, and then of yeah. course all the other, you know, Pearl Jam and Alice in Chains and stuff. But dude, it was profound, man. And I, and I very, I remember it vividly. 
when first hearing that song and I, I had uh, heard it on, and, and I'm referring to Smells Like Teen Spirit, I heard it on a college station out of uh, Kalamazoo. I think it was called Wider FM. And this was before they were playing it on regular radio or MTV yet. And I heard it and I thought, man, what is, who is this? Mm-hmm. And I recorded it on my boombox, but I only recorded uh, the second half um, because I couldn't get to my thing in time. And there's like, it was like kind of staticky and stuff because they couldn't, they didn't have very high frequency or whatever because it was such a, you know, independent college station. And yeah, dude, that should never leave the top 20 influence alone. You know, I was like, what, 13 years old in 91 crisscrossing my pants <laughs> and the first song i ever heard i was in pennsylvania and i heard come as you are and i saw it and i saw the video that's the first time i ever heard him was on i was watching tv at my cousin's house mm-hmm. and you know because i wasn't allowed to watch mtv as a kid mm-hmm. and so i see this and i mean just it, it it changed and i was gonna say earlier before i even thought about the fact that i was really crisscrossing my pants hand hat cocked to the side my pants are on backward mm-hmm. you know i'm wearing those uh the big clunky work boots <laughs> with a bunch of socks in there to you know, fill it up um but it, it changed even my style of clothing and i thought yeah he actually changed style and yeah, fashion yeah. like the fashion world changed and yeah. it's weird because even after he died and i remember when he died uh, hearing about it in the car, it was because they were playing all these Nirvana songs in a row, uninterrupted. Man, I'm like, wow, dude, this is like the greatest day of my life, <laughs> and I'm listening to it. And then he comes on and he says it, and that he died, and it just it 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 blew my mind, dude, about it. And years later, in a in a, I remember where I was. I I was at a gas station, and we were on a trip. I think from New Jersey to to Battle Creek or something like that. But we were we were at a gas station. And all of a sudden this song comes on and it's this bass line and I heard it and I'm like, man, that sounds like something Nirvana would make. And then I heard the guitar and I'm like, bro, what in the heck? And then I heard the singer and I, um, I don't mean to get weird about it, but dude, I almost cried. Like for, it was like, it was a weird thing. Cause it was so many years apart mm-hmm. and come to find out what it was, was it was the, the public release of uh, what is it? You know, you're right. Yeah. Great song. Yeah. Too dude when i heard and i i was wondering like what is this and i had to find out i think i called the place because i don't i don't even know if there was like accessible internet with cell phones and all that and so i think i called them or i called a a radio station i asked about it or something like that and they but it blew my mind and so what was so awesome about it that made me think when i was listening to that was that even all those years later hearing that the very first thing I thought was that sounds like Nirvana. Mm -hmm. And I realized that's because there is one Nirvana. (laughs) There's one, you know, you can try to be a seether and, Mm -hmm. and have some songs that sound like that. You can be common children. They have a couple songs that sound Nirvana esque. So you've got bands out there that have a little bit of that, but the way that it affected even the use of raspy voices that wasn't just full blown hardcore where it's like, you know, they're bleeding out of their throat <laughs> every day, you know, but that, that, that rasp that's, that is there and that style that it's not as polished as the guitars you were talking about earlier, but mm-hmm. yet you can tell the creativity and the personality coming through that is just, it's legendary. So yeah, number six is Nirvana Nevermind. Number five, the Beatles Abbey Road. I think that's warranted. 
Number four, Stevie Wonder, Songs in the Key of Life. Three, Joni Mitchell, Blue. Was it Joni Mitchell that sang the song that was later covered by Smashing Pumpkins about Landslide? Was that no, her? No, that was Fleetwood Mac or Stevie Nicks, at least. Okay. Fleetwood yeah, you're, yep, you're right. You're right. You're right. Okay. Uh, number two, the Beach Boys Pet Sounds. I don't know about that. And number mm-hmm. one, Marvin Gaye, what's going on? Yeah. There's your top um, 25, man. I don't, I'm divided over that. I'm sad, saddened to not see David Bowie in, in there. I don't, I don't kind of don't get that. I'm sure he's in the 500, but I kind of don't get that. The Joni Mitchell is probably the most puzzling one to me. Where would you place Dark Madonna, Side of Madonna the Madonna should be in there in the 25. That dude, that's yeah. The first two albums are great. Yeah. What do you think though about Dark Side of the Moon? And I'm, I only bring that up because of the transition in music. They, they were heavily criticized because of their use of electronics and like, you know, sound effects. And their earlier stuff, you listen to their earlier stuff, Pink Floyd, it doesn't sound like that. I mean, no, that's I like, like that. yeah. Yeah. To them, to them, that's kind of, you know, I don't know if I want to pinpoint it there, but it's kind of like their Sgt. Pepper, right? It's like, it's their psychedelic it's, era, yeah. What I was referring to is their earlier albums as being kind of like their psychedelic era. And it kind of flows into multiple different places. And eventually, right, in the eight, they keep on going, right? They mm-hmm. keep on playing. So they actually rode many waves. And I, I feel that unlike Aerosmith, they really dodged the bullet of butt rock, that they were able to say, to, to, to live and say, we never fell for that crap. We never did it <laughs> because Aerosmith, I, I love Aerosmith's old stuff. Mm-hmm. And then as time went by, he stopped doing drugs, cleaned up and started writing really terrible music. A lot of that music, I don't think they wrote like when they started getting really popular again, like the MTV era. I think a lot of those songs they didn't write. I think they were written for them. But um, yeah, I mean, dude, I could talk for four hours just about the top 50. I mean, I could talk all day about and, and argue, you know, but you know, it's all subjective, but there are, there are ones that, yeah, really make me wonder. I, two Bob Dylan albums in the top 25 yeah. of yeah. all time. Just doesn't really make sense to me. Even if I liked him, you know, there's so many bands out there, so many good albums. <laughs> Even <laughs> if I were to think of, you know, yeah. bands that I really like, like Sabbath or something to, have two albums in the top 25 when there's so much music out there i don't know to me pink floyd you know like i would i would put them there and i know that yes you know it really is subjective but sometimes people are just wrong (laughs) i would say okay yeah yeah, well you 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 like uh some flavors of ice cream that are just no (laughs) you don't like that there's no tuna fish flavor um you know and i wouldn't say that any of those in the top 25 are tuna fish flavored ice cream and, you know, I know this is really random and I'll end with this. I really don't know why people say tuna fish. <laughs> because it's redundant. <laughs> like, what's up with that, man? Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> trout fish. Yeah, trout fish. Yeah. What are you having tonight? Oh, we're going to have some salmon fish. Yeah. Baked salmon fish. Baked, cooked salmon fish, dead corpse. <laughs> Oh, well, dude, it's been fun, man. Yeah. Yeah. It's been good talking to you. And you know what? You wrangled me in just like, 
And I, I, I may like it. I may like going and playing games with you and your buddies, dude, as, as much as I enjoyed Jaws. Because, you know, I got wrangled into that. A little bit of peer pressure. A little bit of that. On the show, too. The show has a way of doing that, dude. Peer pressure to watch Jaws. Enjoyed it. Peer pressure to watch terrible, freaky, not terrible, freaky and terribly scary movies. Um, and I'm, I'm finding that I'm really enjoying myself with that. And so the odds seem to be, you know, if there's a trajectory for this and kind of like, yeah, I guess I could kind of forecast it. I may enjoy myself um, hanging out <laughs> with you and your game buddies. Now yeah. you just got to uh, finally start listening to that Spotify playlist I made you a year or two ago. Dude, what? <laughs> you made me a playlist? You yeah, made me a, I did. What are you talking about? Yeah, on Spotify. You're like, what? I no, dude. I made you a, a playlist. It's got a bunch of like stuff on there I didn't think you'd heard before, including genres like um, synthwave. What is that Afropunk thing that Oral made up? What was that? Oh, dude, I don't know. <laughs> so, yeah, synthwave, dude. I like synthwave, man. I'm a big fan of it. That may be how I learned about it, because I've only known about it for a handful, of, you know, maybe a couple of years max. You know, so it's probably around that same yeah. time. Dude, you gotta you gotta drum that bugger up, man. Cause I gotta you gotta send it to me again. Is it private or is this like a public thing? Um I may I don't know, but I know that I sent you the link. Yeah, I think it's called Jeremiah's playlist or something like that. It's really? I see it all the time on my Spotify. I listen to Spotify constantly. I feel really badly because that's almost like getting a, a mixtape from a friend and you just never listen. Yeah. <laughs> I mean you put Sorry. you put together a mixtape for me, Chad. I you know. Yeah. That's 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 really sweet, dude. You know, <laughs> I'm really, I'm grateful for this. Actually, yes. We're running really late, but yeah. because we had the the kind of deep discussion, even slight debate about the like the RPG <laughs> stuff, and the, I, I yeah. wanted to bring this up, and I meant to bring it up yeah. earlier, or at least you know, and um, this might lengthen the episode, but I, I did want to, and we talked we talked about this the other day. I did want to make note of the fact that to listeners and, and to just encourage people to um, engage in intelligent conversation with one another, particularly when you don't see to eye to eye on things. And what made me want to bring it up in the first place. And like I said, Jeremiah and I talked about this a, a couple nights ago was that, that Jeremiah and I, um, you know, we're really close. Uh, we don't, we don't see eye to eye on, on everything. Uh, we we differ in um, our political views, politics. Yeah, you know, yeah, we, yeah. we differ slightly religion. in our religious views. Yeah, slightly. Yeah. I, I wouldn't call them debates, but we have conversations where mm -hmm. we listen to each other, and they we're not out to change minds. I ask him questions, and I have statements or or hey i don't believe in that and here's why and he's like well here's why i do and and there there's never been one where we've it's never gotten heated yeah like ever i i i, I can't imagine that ever happening and i i see it so often on social media and that's why i've always i i social media is such a horrible place to have try and have a dialogue like that there's no inflection in anyone's voice person doesn't even seem real there, there's there you can't hear or see their kind of soul you know the, the the life in them and so they just feel like a um a lifeless 
uh, keyboard that you're talking to instead of someone that has feelings and, and gets hurt. So uh, yeah, I just want, I would just encourage people to in this day and age when we have um, people who are leaving family members because they voted for someone or they didn't vote for someone that I've never seen this like this before. And I do blame the social media and the way that people are trying to have conversation through it and having it take uh, an essential part of the conversation out, which is, you know, that life and laughter and understanding that it's okay to disagree. And I, I'll say this, man, is that because we talked about this, you know, we talked about this throughout the week. Um, it came up a couple different times. And one of the reasons why is because um, outside of the show, I'm a very opinionated person <laughs> and I'm very open about what my opinions are. And I do a lot of talking on microphones. I'm actually kind of surprised that I've lasted this long today because I've, I've probably 24 hours on microphones in the last three weeks. And so lots and lots of, of talking. And sometimes it gets crazy intense. And sometimes because of the... Um, because of the, the situation, right, the current cultural climate that we have, that if I talk about current events, sometimes I can get really heated and find myself, even for the sake of humor, right, a couple uh, shits and giggles to, to belittle somebody or to use a phrase or a term or, or, or call somebody a name. And, you know, I, we've had conversations about what's the role of that, you know, like what is it? When you see somebody who's a personality who does a show that's highly opinionated and controversial, the person's an a, a open and honest controversialist. <laughs> but at the same time, there is a dynamic of that that is a persona, a role play. I mentioned that earlier in the show. I said, I kind of do that. I know what a persona is and that I'm not exactly the same person. This is actually closer. This program is closer to the tone of my normal life. Okay, it's not so rapid. Boom, 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 boom. Um, and the just kind of more heartfelt everyday discussions that kind of take place with this. Um, but, you know, we talked about it and how he'd heard me <laughs> a couple different times go off the rails. Right. It's a little bit of an Alex Jonesy moment, to be to be honest, where you're going off the rails, your cheeks are shaking, your hair's on fire and, and going off. And there's it's fun and it's nice to vent. But there's also a line sometimes that, you know, that. that the person can go over. And in this case, he brought up some things that look, you know, this is something you know, that you uh, did or said. And, but, I, and I told him, I said, I'm really grateful for you um, and our friendship because you're like the angel. You're one of the angels on my shoulder. And I have a number of them that whisper nice, <laughs> nice reminders of humanity and, and dialogue and other things, respect in my ear and keep me tethered, right? Because I'm like a hot air balloon that wants to go <laughs> off into the universe. And so spiraling out of control, and you guys are like those tethers and say, hey, man, cool it. But you also, and this is, I'll, I'll put it on the line, this is old, okay? This is something that's real. And, and this is an influence of somebody who disagreed with me on some, it's Chad, um, years ago. When I was writing, I got really upset of a certain protester in Kalamazoo, who did something to a political hero that I have named Pat Buchanan. And I, I love Pat Buchanan. Um, and a protester, a guy, punk guy with a mohawk, went running up, and it was on Cesar Chavez Day, uh, informal, I guess, at the time, and went up and poured Caesar salad dressing on him. 
Well, I guess it was ranch. He said it was the closest thing he had <laughs> to it. So it wasn't even the same thing, but it was, but the, the, it was what he was trying to do. And I remember being angry about that because it ruined everything. Everybody had to go home. He, I don't even know if he stuck around after that. It, you know, it's out of control, protesters and stuff. And I remember writing and venting online. And I, I used a very derogatory term about him. And Chad read it and Chad reached out to me on the level, right? And you, you spoke to me and I was upset. I was like, dude, no, man, you don't understand. But by the end of that conversation, I did understand. And that's something that to this day, I don't use that particular word when, when ever, like that's just not part of my vocabulary. And so to have somebody, you know, and a lot of, it, it doesn't always work out that way. I mean, we've had, we've had disagreements over um, different words. In fact, words that, that we find either acceptable or unacceptable. And it doesn't always go where, where the other one goes, okay, that's a valid point. You made it. Okay, good. But both sides have said their piece. Mm-hmm. And both sides understand that. And there's a respect level. And I feel that, you know, in, in society, it's one thing, I guess, if it's on social media, that's bad enough. We already know that when you're on, you're actually going to be, statistically speaking, the probability of you being a better person is practically zero. Okay. You're going to, it, it riles people up. But now it's gone into real life where people say, look, I can't be your friend or I don't even talk to my mom anymore. I'm not even friends with my, my parents anymore or my daughter anymore. And it's completely like, I mean, it, at that point, you know, it's a disavowal, right? You disown. It's at the point of disowning people, friends, family, individuals you've known for a long time. And a lot of them who are in your life, whether you like it or not. And I was really glad when you brought this stuff up and that you remembered to talk about it because I know you wanted to say something because I think that people, we talk about fun stuff. We like talking about happy, fun things. But the truth is, at the end of the day, this really is a good moral lesson. This is the Enlightenment Cave, okay? Chad Chad has emerged from the Enlightenment Cave, okay? Uh, And and this is what he came out with. But it's true. And I I hope that, that we... As friends, not just that we would do this in our own life and we continue to do that, but that maybe in a, the tiniest eatsy way that it can be an example to other people, even just to be more reflective on what's otherwise knee-jerk reactions that are resulting in broken loves and friendships that should last a lifetime. And that's that's what I hope. Amen, man. Yeah, amen to that. For real. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Dude. Please yeah. Uh, yeah. subscribe and like and comment and email us and spread the word, man. And we'd yes. like to get some more listeners and some uh engagement in some of the listeners, you know. Reach out to us. Yeah, we got a couple on YouTube. People excited about our last upload, Hunter Shea. Yeah. Yeah, they were really pumped. They were waiting for it, man. They were they even said that they said we they've been waiting for this particular one. And so we're really grateful for that. You can find us all over the internet, and you can do that by checking out Paleo Cheese. You can look on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram and YouTube and Gmail. It's all the same, Paleo Cheese. And of course, if you prefer to just listen to the show, okay, you don't want to watch anything, you don't want to go to YouTube, you just want to go ACAST, Spotify, uh, Google Play. We're all over the place there too. So you got to go check it out again. Paleo cheese spelled with a Z. Hi, 
I'm John Baldisberger, host of Madness Heart Radio. Join me each week as I discuss writing, living, life, and horror with some of the coolest people in the industry. Dr. Writers, directors, actors, and really anyone at all that's involved in scaring people's pants off. Can't wait for you to join us, but until then, stay safe, but stay scared.